What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of After the Game, a conversation with my dad, where we discuss the post-jazz game and all things sports. My name is Spencer. Hey, and this is Barry the Dad. Welcome to After the Game, the Jazz's fifth game of the season, but first loss of the season to the Chicago Bulls tonight as they fall 107 to 99 in Chicago uh, without Mike Conley because of a back-to-back and the Jazz will play in Milwaukee tomorrow. So they'll only have 24 hours to regroup and get back to their winning ways. Um, tough game tonight for the Jazz. Spence, what did you see? Yeah, so without Conley, it kind of hurts. I don't know kind of thought about that. It, I know they're kind of resting because the Jazz have this back-to-back, but um, the Bulls aren't a team to sleep on. And that was kind of clear because the Jazz – didn't really have a great night with energy. Um, But the biggest takeaway, and you mentioned it earlier during the game, is their turnovers and kind of the problems that they had there. I think they had, trying to pull up the stats right now, but they had about 16 or 17 turnovers. Oh, no, no, they had had way more than that tonight. So in the turnovers, they had 20 turnovers – yeah. And the stat, which I shared with you during the game tonight, was 25 points off those 20 turnovers. In the points off turnovers category, the Bulls were 25, the Jazz 8. And in my mind, that was the game. That's because Conley wasn't in. And he sets the tone for how to take care of the ball, how to move the offense. And when we went to that, that unit where we, we pulled Conley and Gobert off the floor early, we bring them back when the other team's second unit is on the floor, when we've been able to kind of get on a little run and somewhat dominate teams. You have to bring back uh, Jared Butler, and that just didn't work. And and Ingles couldn't – he was off the floor at that time, and then you had to bring Clarkson in, and he couldn't make it work. So without Mike tonight, it really showed. I, I didn't think it would show as much as it did. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. And, and we talked about this too. I don't know what you think Quinn should do because I feel like he should anticipate Conley not playing as many games as he's as, as like we want him to just because he's older and there are going to be back-to-backs where he doesn't want to play just to rest himself. So I, I feel like Quinn really should already have a lineup. I know this is the beginning of the season, but kind of a second string ready to go for the Conley not games. But yeah, I couldn't I couldn't agree with you more. You said it while we were watching the game that he should have a set second unit for nights like this. I believe he does, but you go to your rookie, Jared Butler, who's really, gosh, he was so good in the preseason, but has really, in my mind, struggled in the regular season. And again, he looked out of sorts enough. I think for the second time this season, he didn't play him in the second half. He brought in Trent Forrest. And it right. might, he might give him a third chance, meaning Jared Butler, but I'm telling you, Trent Forrest is knocking on the door and Trent produced last year. Um, this game was, we played a really good team tonight in the Chicago Bulls and you have a razor thin margin, margin of error in that you're in Chicago and Jared Butler didn't cut it and Trent Forrest was marginally better. Do you think Butler is just nervous coming into the league? I think, I think like all sports, and I've been told this by some friends who have played at all levels, high school, college, and pro, the game just gets quicker. 
I'm not right. saying it wasn't quick during the preseason for Butler, but man, when the get into the regular season, then you're playing number one lineups constantly. And it just gets quicker. I don't know if it's nerves. I think it's just the play is quicker for him and he's got to get used to the pace. Once he gets used to the pace, which really only comes with time on the floor. So he's got to stay on the floor and have a few good minutes. I think he'll be okay. Cause we talk about the jazz and their depth kind of as a team. They, they obviously have a good bench, especially Clarkson has six men of the year. The bench didn't click today. I don't know what your thoughts on that. It shows that Clarkson has 16 points and the bench put up quite a few points, like around 25 points tonight. But Clarkson didn't have a good game, even though you look at it and you have 16 points for him. Um, he was five for 19 shooting. And that was kind of the tone for the Jazz, too. They just didn't make shots. I think they shot about 38% from the free throw from for field goal. So it's hard to win a game when you're turning the ball over and you're not making your shots when you have the ball. Yeah, and the strange thing about that is, let's be clear, they, they only lost – by eight. So they played a subpar game, probably a sub subpar game and only lost by eight. And they didn't have Conley. That tells you how good this team is that we can stay in a game. We were only down by five with a couple of minutes to go. We were within shouting distance and another, you know, missed shot by them and a three by us. It would have made this game really interesting, but you're absolutely right. Um, You can't win shooting 38% and only 28% from the three-point line. They just didn't have it tonight. Clarkson's five of 19, which you described a minute ago. I'll, I'll give him kudos for having, I don't know, 16 points and, and on five of 19 shooting. But the five of 19 was actually worse than five of 19. He was 0 for 10 to start the game, two for 15 at one point in time. Right. So to get it going and go five of 19, it was just the, the old adage, too little, too late. Yeah, it's tough to look at the stats and then make an assumption of what happened. But you mentioned during the game that that Mitchell needed to have a monster game tonight. Um, Do you think he had a monster game? He had 30 points. Yeah, you look at his points. Great question. 30 points. Um, His plus minus was 13, which surprises me. It was on the plus side of that. Here's your challenge with Mitchell tonight. Nine of 27. I don't think you're going to get it done and be at the super superstar level this season. If you're shooting 33% for a game also turnovers for Mitchell, he had six. That's really tough. Led the team in turnovers, and it was on his shoulders tonight because Conley was out. Um, so uh, didn't have a monster game. 30 points sounds like a lot, but it, 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 it didn't impact the game. He had him in a burst in the second quarter that really put the jazz ahead going into halftime. And then he somewhat didn't have it in the second half. I don't know how to explain it. Glad he did as well as he did, but, but it really, so you look at, um, I'm not a big plus minus fan. I guess I should be. I mean, Rudy was minus 15 tonight, which is crazy. And Ingles is minus 15, but here's the, here's the story. And you hit upon it a second ago. Eric Pascal was a, a negative 19 and Jarrett Butler was a negative 16 and Jordan Clarkson was a negative 14. That's your bench, and they just didn't play well. Yeah, fair enough. And you look at the bench for the Bulls, they put up some productive minutes. Because someone who did have a monster game was DeMar DeRozan. He had 32 points. He didn't miss much, 13 for 22. 
And Pascal was on him most of the game. I mean, Royce played defense on him, and then Pascal came in and was on him. And we just didn't have an answer for him, which is tough because then you have Zach Levine as well. And if you look at an interesting stat, uh, the highest scoring average in the third quarter, Donovan Mitchell is number three. He averages about about 9.3 points in the third quarter. Zach Levine is right behind him, averaging 8.8 points in the third quarter. And so that's kind of where teams start to settle the tone for the rest of the game. And I don't know what you could say about that statistic, but it's hard when DeMar DeRozan is having his night, a night that he's going to be hot, and then you have to worry about Zach Levine having his night, which he did. And it's tough, too, when our bench doesn't come in and give us give us that extra motivation. Yeah, you, you point out some good things here and did not know that about Zach Levine. He did have a steady game tonight and he's a superstar, but then you have another superstar. These guys start three all-stars similar to the Utah jazz. And we didn't have one of ours tonight. So Vucevic, DeRozan and Levine are all all all-stars. Here's one thing that I thought of during the game. When you need a bucket and you're the Chicago bulls, you can get a bucket from DeMar DeRozan. When yeah. you're the Utah Jazz and you need a bucket, you can generally get it with Donovan Mitchell. And I put a word in there, generally. He is at that level. I, we would be nowhere without Donovan. Let's be clear. We love Rudy. We love everybody. And, and Rudy, too. But, but Donovan is our player. But DeMar DeRozan could get a bucket. And tonight, he could get a bucket. Let me point something out about DeMar DeRozan. You said it a minute ago. 13 of 22. That's 60% shooting. Here's a guy who scored 32 points in the modern game today without one three-point made. Yep. That's interesting and not hard to do, but it doesn't happen very often where you can knock down 32 points and not hit a three all night. Yeah, he's hitting some elbow, elbow jumpers kind of along the, the paint. He'd drive and make it. He was just – it wasn't like it was bad defense. It was just a really good night for him. Like I said, Pascal was playing – pretty good defense coming off another night where he had good defense the other, the other game. And that affects kind of Pascal going down the court. Cause now he's thinking, man, I'm getting shots made on me left and right. There's nothing I can do. And you're thinking that, and the ball's all set in your hands and then you turn it over and then, and then it, you just can't get your groove and, and everything kind of trickles into your style of play and your, and your moments of play. So I think, I don't know about you. I think that's where the bench lost it. I want to say the bench lost the game for the Jazz because, I mean, our all-stars or our, or our players starting could have done a little bit better as well. But when when you have that mental wall that is stopping you from, from producing, we talk about Clarkson always having the green light to shoot because that's what we like. We like him to just go out and play his game. But when he's not playing his game and it gets to his head, then he starts missing those shots that he drives and, and pivots and scores. And, and then he starts missing those layups. And then he tries to dribble and it goes out of bounds. And, and that – it all just builds it builds like a like a microphone picking up another microphone sound. It just gets louder and louder and becomes worse and worse. Yeah, if if Clarkson has a shot or two drop early, I think we're in much better shape. It it just wasn't falling for him. I do want to take us in another direction, regardless of the loss tonight. Again, we were in the game. We were down by 15, got back within five. I like how we're fighting and we're really never out of a game. Rudy, though, even though you look at a plus minus, he was on the floor when they made some runs and 
He was a minus 15 tonight. But here's something that's fun to see about Rudy. He had um, 19 rebounds and 17 points. I saw a stat earlier today on the uh, Bleacher Report feed of, of the Utah Jazz. He's the first player in his first five games to average 14 rebounds, first five games of the season, to average 14 rebounds and 14 points. The only other one to do it, I could be missing this, but I swear I read this, was Charles Barkley. So he's now equal Charles Barkley in the start of a season to average 14 points and 14 rebounds. You got to give it to Rudy. I mean, 17 points and 19 rebounds tonight. He is having a monster year and one of the top centers in the league. He definitely shut down Vucicic, right? Was that how you say it? Yeah, Vukovic. Vukovic. Because, I mean, the stats show that Vukovic had 16 points, but he only shot four for 19. His, he, he had one good shot at the end of the game that kind of hurt the Jazz with the momentum yeah. to kind of come back. But go, the Gobert effect is real. That's what I'm getting at, is he played his man-to-man defense really well and that he stopped players from driving. Like I said, DeMar DeRozan made most of his points from the top of the paint just because he's a smart NBA player. He knows he can't drive when Rudy's in the, in the paint. And he knows that he can drive and not have to rely on the three. Um, so I think Gobert is playing at the level that we are wanting Gobert to play at as Jazz fans. We're paying him the big money, and I think he's playing at that level. And we're giving him all this credit, and I think he's living up to it over the past five games. So that's important. It does take a little bit more for the bench. And 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 we, we would like to see Mitchell. He had his little run where he looked like he was going to be up for the challenge to take in the game to himself, but he just didn't, didn't kind of fade it. Understandably, the bulls are a good team. It's, it's weird thinking that they, uh, the turnaround that they had, I, I don't think they, they didn't make the playoffs last year, right? They did not. Um, they, they I, sit I'm not really league. sure. I, I mean, you're, you're going where I was going to go with my next comment. The bulls are good. And here's one thing that's interesting about them. They went and found some hustle guys in right. Javante Green, Caruso. Derek, Derek Jones Jr., Alex Caruso. Lonzo Ball is a little scrappy from time to time. And they're playing defense. And uh, Billy Donovan, their coach, is really a good coach. He's, he's one of the best in the league, I think. And this team is for real. This team is for real. They have a long stretch of about – 12 more games where they play high level caliber teams. So they're going to run the gauntlet both at home and away, but I would not count the bulls out to make some serious noise in the East. I do think we would have got them tonight if we would have had Conley, but there's a lot of ifs you can say ifs you can say ifs yep. all the way around. Well, they kept us, they kept us underneath a hundred or not underneath a hundred, but they kept us. Yeah. They kept us underneath a hundred points. Right. So that shows the type of team that they are. I mean, the jazz, win a lot of their games based off their defense, but we usually average around 110. And tonight we didn't, we didn't reach yeah, that. And we gave up and we gave up 107, but I'm going to go back to the stat that I gave earlier in the podcast. And that is points off turnovers. We have to, you can't make 20 turnovers in an NBA game and expect to win. And that's what happened tonight. So, um, uh, tough loss for the Jazz, 107-99 in Chicago. They are now 4-1. and one. Uh, They'll be back at it, and we'll talk about it in a minute. They'll be back at it tomorrow night. 
in less than 24 hours. I'll make it a two-hour drive up Lake Michigan's coast to uh, Milwaukee to play in Milwaukee tomorrow, Sunday the 31st for Halloween. Let's take a look around the league and just kind of get some thoughts on standings, how teams are playing, maybe some of the games that were tonight, uh, and kind of just get caught up a little bit on some games. Um, most of them are still in action tonight, but let's look at some of them that are final. I'll run down a few. It's a big night. Um, the Warriors go to five and one. They beat the Thunder 103-82. That to be expected. Um, the, the Spurs were in Milwaukee tonight and beat the Bucks 102-93. So we're going to be meeting a team tomorrow night that's going to be a little upset having lost to the Spurs. The Bucks are three and three. Another good team in the NBA, the Miami Heat, going to Memphis. Beat a really good Memphis team tonight, 129-103. Miami Heat are five and one. The Sixers hold off the Hawks. They're four and two, and the Hawks have fallen to three and three. The Pacers finally get a win. Um, sorry, they lose tonight to the Raptors. Uh, they're one and six. And then the Knicks, another five and one team. They go into New Orleans and beat the Pelicans, which to me, the Pelicans are, are headed to be the, the, story, the sad story of the year. I mean, they have the talent of all talent in um, Zion Williamson and they're one and six and I don't think he's playing but man the Knicks are five and one so you got to give it to the Knicks and then uh, the Wizards another five and one team so when you look at the Eastern Conference and we can spend spend a little bit of time on this the Knicks are five and one the Bulls are five and one the Wizards are five and one and the Heat are five and one and then you don't even mention the Nets and Milwaukee and these these other teams that are predicted to be top end of the, of the, um, of the standings. So you got these kind of sleeper teams making a strong statement early, being five and one and controlling the top of the East. And then you have the reigning champs and you have the nets and you have all these other teams that are, that were predicted to be better. Do you think it's going to even out and you're going to see the nets and the, the bucks and, and maybe the 76ers kind of jump ahead of these five and one teams? Yeah, the cream, in my mind, always rises to the top, meaning the good teams are going to be there as the season progresses. But I would not count out the Knicks. I, I wouldn't count the, – the Wizards surprised me. Yeah. Knicks do not. They were uh, on a crescendo last year. The Bulls, we've now seen them live. They're for real. They're good. The Heat, we know they went to the NBA Finals two years ago. And – Jimmy Butler's the winner in my mind, or at least he, he leaves it all out on the floor. The wizards surprised me. They've been through so in my mind, so much drama, John wall, Russell Westbrook, but Bradley Beal continues to be a player. I don't know how real they are, but at five and one, you can't close your eyes on them. No. And maybe that's what teams are doing right now is they haven't closed their eyes on them. And now that they've made this impact, more teams are going to be ready for them. I'm interested right now in the Cavaliers versus Suns game and the Nuggets versus the Timberwolves game. Cavaliers are, lo are losing to the Nuggets 46-50 at halftime. Uh, not, the Suns are 1-3, so that's interesting. And then the Nuggets are 3-2, and two, and they're losing in the fourth quarter to the Timberwolves 85-87. to 87. Close game. But the Nuggets and the Suns are almost rivals to the Jazz where they end up in the – in the standings. So 
any loss that they could take is good for the Jazz. But I do think the Timberwolves are good. You can't sleep on them in the West. I am, I'm happy. I mean, Cleveland's in the East, but I'm happy that Cleveland's beating the Suns because that's the team the Jazz should be able to, to get a game over the Suns with. Yeah, I I think I don't I don't know how to judge Minnesota right now. They're three and one and in a close one with the Nuggets until we see them. But Carl Anthony Towns is an all-star. So he's going to have that team, even though he hasn't in the last couple of years. I I I at some point the odds start to play in their favor and they should be a good team. That the 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 East with Four teams at five and one. The West, to me, you know, Golden State five and one, Utah four and one. Let's see what Minnesota does tonight. The West is going to be very, very, uh, there's going to be a lot of parity. Uh, it's going to be a heck of a year. And we've been saying this just have fun watching basketball this year, especially in the Western Conference. For sure. Are, is Jokic back? Yeah, he played the other night. I, I'm sure he did. I, I, let's see what he's doing right now as you go into that, into that box score in the Nuggets game. He's got 24 points, 18 rebounds, and there's still three minutes left in that game. And it's tied 89-89. So he's, he had 24 points and 18 rebounds and six assists in the first half the other night against us. He is, he is a major talent. Yeah. And we, I don't think we debated it too strongly the other night on our podcast, but I would have put him in the top 75. I don't know who I take out, but I would have put him in the top 75. Definitely. Um, did you want to jump in and talk about some players in the top 75? I think we yeah. Really so what I'd love it. to do is, as we start to do this, we said this in our last podcast is we bounce through all of our episodes this year. Maybe we'll take one a night and talk about him. We'll just go alphabetically in the first one is Kareem Abdul with an A, Jabbar, who um, definitely deserves to be on the 75 greatest players of all time in 75 years. This is a player who was a six-time NBA champion, six-time NBA champion, like Michael Jordan, two-time NBA Finals MVP, probably would have had more magic was part of some of those. He's a six-time NBA MVP a 19-time NBA All-Star, and a 15-time All-NBA, which means he made either the first, second, or third All-NBA team 15 times. Here's the deal about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He is the leading scorer in NBA history with a record that most likely will not be broken. We know Karl Malone sits second, and LeBron is hard-charging if he plays a few more years. I remember watching Kareem Abdul-Jabbar uh, play when I was growing up. I had a chance to see him live when the Utah Jazz were playing games in Las Vegas. And we traveled from St. George down to Las Vegas to watch some games of the Thomas and Mack. And he broke the scoring record with a big sky hook, I think, against the Jazz down in Las Vegas one night. And I'll forever remember this big sky hook. So he is perhaps the most accomplished player in NBA history, collecting rookie of the year, six NBA MVPs, as I mentioned, two NBA finals MVPs and six NBA titles. His original name was Lou Alcindor and he converted to, um, from, to Islam 
early on in his career and changed his name to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He won a championship with the Milwaukee Bucks and then five more with the LA Lakers. Um, yeah, I, just, I, the legacy that he kind of, I remember him most for is his hook shot. Um, and then his, his look of the glasses, the headband, he kind of rocked that look. But yeah, he, the, the goggles. Of, oh, goggles, I mean, sorry. But yeah, he had that hook shot, and that's what I remember him most for. Um, obviously, I didn't see a play, but the legacy gets passed down of that shot and his points that he scored. Yeah, here's an interesting stat about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He scored at least 10 points in every game. And when the streak ended, he had amassed 787 straight double-figure scoring games. That mark stood until Michael Jordan broke it in 1997. And as I mentioned, on April 5th, 1984 versus Utah, Kareem scored on a skyhook for career point 31,420, which put him past Wilt Chamberlain. So Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. There's no question he's on this list. It's quite possible there's no question he's one of the top 10 greatest of all time. You can't rule out Kareem for two things. One, his ability to play the game and be a winner. And two, his longevity as he played, I think, 19, almost 20 years, which is uh, impressive. Well-deserved for sure. I think um, he still has an impact in the game today, and he is always looking to help out. Uh, the young people coming up and his take on the game still lasts. Another person that's kind of um, got to give a shout out to is Carmelo Anthony. He moves to ninth all time in scoring, passing Moses Malone. He did this the other night against uh, Memphis. So as we talk about Kareem and him being the number one scorer of all time, we still have some active players. We talked about LeBron and, and even Melo in the end of the season being active. He moves to nine on the all time list of scorers in the NBA. So we got some good some good basketball playing out. Um, yeah, I think I think uh, next episode uh, we'll talk about Ray Allen, who's next on the list, and you can shout out about him, and then I'll talk about Giannis, and then I'll leave the night and a few episodes from now. We can talk a little bit more about Carmelo, but you're absolutely right. He's longevity. He's got a deadly two-point shot. He's added a three-point shot to his game, and, and exciting to see Carmelo having a good start to the season with the Lakers. Yeah. Another fun fact, kind of going back a little bit with when we played the Rockets. So the other night when Utah played the Rockets, um, Jalen Green and Jordan Clarkson became the first two players of Filipino descendant to share the court in an NBA game. So Clarkson is a descendant. I think his mom is from the Philippines. And um, I don't know where Jalen Green lines up, but they were the first two players from the Philippines to share the court. Yeah, I think the Rockets actually – held Filipino night. Yeah, it was Filipino, <laughs> Filipino heritage. Which is smart. That was smart for them to run that promo, albeit they didn't get a lot of fans. That team's not very good. I know we missed a couple of games this past week because of things which you and I had and, and didn't get a chance to talk about how well the Jazz played against the Rockets, but it was fun to see us take care of business and, and win. We also took care of business and beat Denver, uh, which was good to see. So... Tonight, a tough loss. What are your thoughts as we head towards Milwaukee? The Bucks are three and three, but they're the defending champs. And quite frankly, when you're the defending champs, you kind of say we can do it again. And you kind of move through the season as best you can and, and get into the playoffs. So how do you think we'll do against the Bucks tomorrow? So I like this schedule of a back-to-back like this. 
it kind of makes the Jazz perform a little bit better. We we talked about beating the Rockets and then we beat the, the Thunder and we had another team in there that wasn't super great. So I like when the Jazz play good teams because then it reminds us where we actually are. The Jazz do tend to play to the level that they're competing against, but we did blow out the Rockets. We did blow out the Thunder. And, we, and so the only other challenge we've had has been the Nuggets. And so now going against Milwaukee makes it a little bit more fun so we can really see where we're at. I think Conley will be back, so we should be at full strength. And, uh, I mean, Giannis is the, the best player right now for a reason, but I think the Jazz can handle him. I think they. I think with Gobert in the paint, it's going to be a little interesting to see how they do. We're we're really good. This is a this is a fun year, and we're going to see the Jazz do some special things. I really believe that we've now started four and one. Tough game tonight, but we did beat Denver in those first four games. Even though Jokic went out in the second half, we did beat a scrappy Sacramento team in Sacramento. We took care of business against OKC in Houston, and tonight we just didn't have it. We didn't play well and still only lost by eight in my mind. And um, we were within five, as I made mention earlier, but you're right. As we go into Milwaukee tomorrow night, we'll have Conley back. Um, We'll see how well we play. The Bucs are going to be ticked because they lost tonight against the Spurs. So, and we lost too. So it's two teams that are going to be coming at each other. And then we'll take a break after Sunday. We'll take a break on Monday, be back home and play the Kings who we've already beat this season, but they're good too. You can't take a night off in the NBA. I, I think I heard uh, David Locke say there's about four teams, and I'm going to mess it up if I even try, but there's about four teams where you should win. And that's it. This is a league of 30 teams. That leaves you with 25 other teams that are going to give you a game every night. But I think it was the Magic, the Pacers, the Rockets. I'm trying to think they're like really? four teams uh, and the Pelicans. I think we're the teams that David Locke made mention. It's uh, I'm close um, that he said, those are teams that you should get a win. And so you'll get either two or four wins uh, against each one of those teams, depending on the Eastern conference or Western conference. But other than that, you're going to have nights like tonight and you're going to have nights like tomorrow and you're going to have nights against Sacramento. So just get ready and uh, in, enjoy what you're watching. We have a special team and a special season. Yeah. So I went tomorrow. We'll definitely give us an edge over because I don't see too many teams beating Milwaukee. So should be fun. It's always fun watching the Jazz play. All right. Do you have anything else, Dad? That's it. Good Great. night. Well, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Maybe we'll be back on tomorrow night.